Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Inner Growth Podcast. I'm so excited you're here today. I'm your host, Carolina Salazar, and today is a solo episode, so it's just going to be me and you. And on today's episode, we are going to be chatting about 22 things that I have learned in 2022. And I think this year is especially cool because we're not going to have another year with repeating digits for another like 200 years. So we're only going to have like you know, 2,222 in so long from now. And so I feel like this has been a special year numerology-wise. And just overall, for me, it's been such a crazy year. And I'm feeling so grateful. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about all the things that I've learned. And hopefully, you'll be able to take away at least one thing with you to reflect on before the year officially ends. I am currently in Brazil. I'm going to do a few little life updates before we dive in to the bulk of the episode because I feel like there's so much that I haven't filled you guys in on. But basically, I am from Brazil, if you guys don't know, and I lived here until I was 13, more or less. And I moved to the U.S. in 2012, and I've lived there for now 10 years. And I didn't come back to Brazil for like a lot of the time that I've lived in the U.S., but this year I came back to Brazil in the summer in July And that was the first time I had come back in six years. So it was really transformative. And then I came back now for the holidays. And originally the plan was that I was going to come with my boyfriend and stay with his family for a bit because his family is also from here and has lived here for like so, so long. So our families are actually family friends and our parents met when they were really young. So they went to school together, university, like all that stuff. But my parents were going to come as well and we were going to like rent this house and have this big Christmas celebration with my mom's side of the family which lives here. So all my cousins, my aunt and literally the day, I think it was two or three days before my parents were going to fly here, my mom tested positive for COVID and so they ended up canceling everything, canceling the house, canceling the flights and they were only going to come for Christmas. So I ended up already being here. So this was the first Christmas that I spent away from my immediate family. So from my core four, we say. So me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. And it was really unique because I think it was really different but really cool. The last two Christmases, my boyfriend spent with my family. So it was almost like this flip-flop. And it was really lovely being with his family. I love them and get along super well with them. And I already feel like they're my second family. So it was really lovely. And I also was reflecting on this year's Christmas. And one thing that was really different for me this year was that I wasn't really focused on gifts. Like, I think I got like one gift, maybe. And then I got like a Secret Santa gift. But I, for so long, like thought of Christmas, you know, as just 
like a day for gift giving or you know the focus being so much around that you know and this was the first year for me that I got like Christmas gifts in advance so like Pedro gave me his gift in advance and my mom and so because I was away from my family also like I didn't give them my gifts and they didn't give me any gifts so it was just really different and I feel like it ended up being a lot more focused on connection so I just focused my energy on like being present on eating yummy food and we played a lot of board games we've been playing a ton of board games it's been really fun because my boyfriend Pedro he has a lot of cousins our age so all of his cousins are in their 20s so we all hang out a lot and we've been playing this game called Catan which is really fun another one called Dixit which you kind of like guess it's kind of similar to uh, what's it called Cards Against Humanity and it's really fun and I don't know I've been connecting a little bit more to my inner child and before coming here I really wanted to you know plan in advance and because of that I ended up batching a lot of content before so I could give myself a vacation and this is the first Christmas too that I've been fully self-employed so it's been really lovely to give myself this time to rest to really recharge to be present to do what I want to do to not be worried about you know work or overworking myself to the point of not being able to be present with the people around me so overall things are pretty good and i'm going to rio today and i'm going to be spending new year's there i'm going to be there for like around a week and i'm super excited because i love rio i love the beach and i think it's gonna be really lovely so i'm going to start the year there and then i'll be back in the u.s in january and then also pedro and i are moving apartments so we're like doing the New York apartment search from afar which has been really fun and interesting it's been like the last two days we've been just been all over street easy making spreadsheets like looking at all the apartments contacting all the brokers so it's been a really good mix of fun and apartment searching and getting ready to travel and I've also been really reconnecting to movement because I don't know if you guys know or if I, I think I shared it in the podcast but I was pretty sick and then I made an episode about slowing down kind of recently I think it was around three weeks ago or two weeks ago I was really really sick I didn't have COVID I had like the flu or something but I was like in bed for a whole week and then I couldn't really do anything for a whole other week so after getting back here thankfully I was already recovered and then last week I started getting back into moving my body was it last week maybe it was a week and a half ago but either way it's been also like this big time for me for self-care and I've been spending a lot of time reflecting on the year and just feeling really, really grateful because as I mentioned, this is the first Christmas I've ever spent being self-employed and I think that's been really cool because I've always wanted to be self-employed. I remember pretty early on when I started creating content, it kind of dawned upon me that this could be my full-time job. But for a really, really long time, I had a lot of limiting beliefs around that being possible for me or just uh, just a lot that I had to kind of move through, you know, do a lot of inner work around to be able to get to where I am. And this year was literally full of so many amazing surprises. So I ended up, you know, going to work at a startup called Stan which I loved it was an amazing experience and I still love my team there and ended up leaving in November now I'm working fully for myself focusing on content focusing on the podcast and just focusing on doing what I love doing which is making great content and being creative and I'm so excited for 2023 and to see how I can expand my creative energy and what I can 
create really and this was also a year where I traveled a lot I went I don't think I counted how many places I went to but I went to Tulum with some friends I went skiing with Pedro and his family we went to Jackson Hole I also went to Boston for a wedding I went to LA for an event I came to Brazil there must have been a few more I went to Vancouver for a work trip and now I'm back here in Brazil I also went back and forth to Florida a few times to see my family so it's just been a year of a lot of travel as well which has taught me a lot and there's been just so much that has happened that I'm grateful for and I shared this in another episode but something I did was I went through my camera roll and I took out a notebook and I was just looking through pictures of the year and as I was looking through it I just wrote down highlights of each month or wins of each month and it was a really powerful exercise if you're trying to think of something to do for yourself before the end of the year I really recommend taking like an hour to do this it's really fun too and it really helps you also embrace an abundant mindset and realize how much has actually happened this year because so much happens in a year so much can change in the span of like a month imagine you know a whole year how much you've grown how much you've transformed and it's really powerful to celebrate that because a lot of the times we'll focus on what's not going well what's not here yet oh what resolutions did you not accomplish or all these other things right and a really powerful reframe is actually focusing on everything that did go well everything that did manifest everything that did turn out better than you could have imagined or even just small little things that you could practice gratitude for so I highly recommend doing that activity and I just think it's really fun and when I shared that in a previous episode one of my friends Kate actually told me she did it and that she had a great time doing that so I think it's a fun exercise and you know I talked a lot about how this year you know encompassed a lot of career changes a lot of travel but also as a year where I you know was able to make a full-time income working for myself I launched the cycle syncing course I rebranded the podcast I launched my first live event in New York which was incredible and it was not really in my like resolutions list like I remember one of my resolutions in the beginning of the year was to write more and I didn't really accomplish that personally like I didn't make an effort to sit down and write every week or whatever but I achieved so many other things that I didn't write down but I was thinking back I like pulled out my notebook where I wrote out my resolutions and I had written like a phrase for the year And the phrase that I had chosen was, she believed she could, so she did. And I really feel like I manifested that. Like, if I get a second tattoo, which, if you don't know, I got, like, a little seedling on my ankle in November, I believe it was, or October, to represent inner growth. But anyway, if I get a second tattoo, I feel like that's what I would get. She believed she could, so she did. Because it's such a powerful phrase, and I feel like it did really encompass what I accomplished this year and the energy I brought in. So I would encourage you, like, rather than setting all these lists of like all these you know resolutions and how you're going to change starting on the first of 2023 like just focus on a phrase think of an energy that you want to focus on maybe just a word I think that's such a powerful place to start and a lot of the times it's even more effective than getting super super nitty-gritty about specifics because a lot of the times that just means we're trying to control the outcome and the universe has its own inner workings and its own beautiful ways of bringing things to life so sometimes you just have to surrender you know and things will turn out better 
than you imagine if you release a little bit of control, which is something I'm working on always. So those are my life updates. I'm so excited to dive into the 22 things I have learned. So with all of this said, let's dive into the episode and I will see you on the other side. All right, so let's dive into the 22 things I have learned this year. The first that I wrote down is essentialism. And this is a really, really new thing I've learned because I'm reading this book called Essentialism. And it's really, really good. And essentially, (laughs) but not intended, uh, what essentialism really focuses on is less but better. And I've always been the type of person that wants to do it all. And according to the book, what the author says that is, is non-essentialism, right? Is spreading your energy across so many things that you don't end up really going far or as far as you'd like in any of them. And you end up kind of in this master of none, what is it called? I don't remember the analogy, but it's like you know a little bit about a lot. And I think that's really cool. It's awesome to know about a lot of different things, but I've always been this person. And what happens is I spread my energy so far and wide and I spread my energy so thin and then I feel really burnt out and then I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. I don't get the dopamine hit of like reaching an accomplishment and I don't go as deep into the things that actually matter to me. So what he really emphasizes is that when you laser focus, it's always better than spreading yourself thin. And that's something I'm really bringing with me into 2023. When I, you know, make a decision, I want to really, really think about it. I don't want to jump into things impulsively anymore. You know, I want to be really laser focused and really intentional and really think, is this a heck yes? Is it a heck yes? If it's not, it's a no. And that's hard for me. And it's something I'm learning still. But it's just something that's been so impactful for me. And I highly recommend checking out this book, Essentialism, if you're someone who struggles with this, with, you know, overcommitting, with spreading yourself thin, with not knowing how to say no, with, you know, almost framing your identity around being this like overachiever, overdoer, always doing a million different things, always in and out of meetings and then not having time for yourself or not having time for the things that actually matter to you, that actually light you up. And for me this year, that has really manifested through my career, right? For a lot of my content creation journey, pretty much all of it, you know, up until like a month ago, I've always been someone who's been doing like 3,000 million things. I'm like working a full-time job and posting content and the podcast and I want to do all these other things. And then I don't go as deep into the things that I actually enjoy. And I also didn't have time for myself, for the hobbies that I like, for sleep, for relaxation, for presence with family and friends so kind of cutting out the excess and making choices that honor what really matters to you will take you farther that's lesson number one lesson number two growth comes outside of your comfort zone and this is so closely tied to inner growth right a lot of the times our ego likes the comfort zone it likes what's familiar But when you allow yourself to go beyond your own limits, to let go of your limiting beliefs, to let go of all that inner talk that says certain things are not possible, or, you know, when you let go of that part of you that is afraid of unfamiliar things or of not being good at things immediately, 
when you let go of that then you're able to grow and I think that that's really powerful and this year has done that a lot for me whether that's been through traveling a lot and not being in my home space whether that's been through making leaps you know like changing jobs in the beginning of the year and then leaving my part-time job to go full-time into content whether that's been through just trying new things you know launching an in-person event different things like that that I'd never done before that's brought so much growth for me and I think that that's a really powerful thing for us to remember that while a comfort zone is comfy it's great you know has its pros there's so many pros too that come with embracing a growth mindset allowing yourself to try new things and to be bad maybe at first so that you can then continue trying it until you get good at it so that's lesson number two lesson number three Detach emotionally from career things so you can take a more reflective and honest perspective that will help you get further. Sorry, that was a little bit of a run-on sentence. But basically, something I learned is that a lot of the times I attach myself emotionally to my career. I attach myself emotionally to things I put out into the world. But a lot of the times when that happens, when that's the case, when you're so emotionally attached to your career or to your professional life or to some work of art that you created or some project that you worked on or some essay you wrote or whatever it is, when you're emotionally attached to it, almost like you attach your identity and your own worth to that like creation... It's really hard to take a more higher level perspective and be more objective about it and like actually get honest with yourself about how it could be better. So I've really learned that a lot of the times you have to be able to detach a little bit so that you can improve. Because when you stop taking things personally, when you're able to take this higher level perspective, you can spot little changes, you can spot ways where you maybe could have done something better and then you're able to not let yourself get so carried away emotionally it doesn't have this weight on you or this effect on you where you think you know your worth is less like you're worth less or you're not as good of a person because of that like essentially being able to separate yourself from your flaws from mistakes from imperfect accomplishments so that you can then learn from them and improve I think that's a really big lesson I learned. You know, there was a moment recently where that happened where I was really emotionally attached to something that happened and I like received a comment from someone that was like a constructive criticism almost and I got so defensive, I got so angry but it was because my worth and my emotions were so attached to that situation and when I was able to actually take a step back and realize whoa like I was really emotionally attached there let me actually take a step back how could I have contributed to this not going in an ideal way and then I was able to learn from it and then execute it again in a much better way in a much more effective way in a much more impactful way much more powerful way so this is your reminder to like take a step back and let go of that attachment Lesson number four was time is a concept, things can change unexpectedly and fast. And I mentioned this in the intro, but things change so fast. And because of that, because time is such a concept, right? A lot of the times you might have these time-based goals in your mind where you're like, oh, you know, in six months, I'll leave my job. Or in a month I'll like commit to this new gym or whatever it is like you can have any goal that's just like time dependent and things could change so fast and it could happen way faster than you imagine 
or it might take way longer than you imagine. But time is a concept. It's a perception. And so I think that's something I really learned. And because of this, you have to learn to appreciate this moment. And that's because things change so fast that it's very likely that once they change, you're going to look back to this moment and there's going to be things about this experience that you're going to miss. And so being really present and being really grateful for every aspect of your life now is so impactful because it's very, very probable that you're going to look back on this moment and miss things if you didn't take time to appreciate them when you were living this current experience. And so I think that's something I really, really learned. You know, one big way that this came up for me was how I ended up leaving my part-time job. I don't think I share the full story about this, but essentially when I launched or rebranded the podcast and launched Inner Growth you know, as the new podcast name and launched my event in New York and all these things were happening, I had almost like creatively started to feel a little bit more detached from my part-time job. And then I had my one-on-one with my boss one day and it kind of came up and it was literally like two days after my New York event. And I took some time to think about our conversation, just kind of how it went. And then I realized like, this is my moment to make the leap, to take a chance on myself, to try this new thing. And it wasn't something I had planned for at all like I knew eventually I probably was going to make this leap anyway but I didn't know when and the time comes when it's supposed to come but as I said it's a concept and you never know things could change tomorrow so practice gratitude for the now and trust the timing of your life trust that time is on your side and if you release control things will play out as they're supposed to lesson number five is when you set an intention the universe conspires to help you So this kind of goes off of point number four, but the core theme here kind of goes back to my New Year's like energy that I was mentioning, right? That phrase, she believed she could, so she did. I wrote that in my journal, literally, I think it was January 1st of 2022, and I forgot about it for a long, long time. But just setting that intention, she believed she could, so she did, set so much in motion energetically for the year ahead. That can also apply to setting intentions for your week. That can apply to setting intentions for your career, setting like energy, right? Or even making vision boards, present moment journaling, all these different tools kind of have the same core theme to it, which is setting an intention. And I really believe in intention setting. And I think that that's something I learned this year as well, because when you are able to just energetically commit to something, when you're setting an intention, whether it's like, oh, I want to do this because I want to feel peace. I want to feel energized. I want to feel confident. The universe will help you. It will meet you halfway there. It will move things along. It'll change these little dominoes that will cause things to come into perfect timing for you. So practice being more intentional with your days, with your weeks, with your career goals, with your life, and watch how things change. Number six, grounding is really important. Routine is a good way to cultivate stability for yourself. So this lesson came up for me through traveling so much this year. I'm a Taurus. I'm an earth sign. And during the pandemic, during the lockdown, I really like couldn't leave my house. So it was the first time in my life where I found a really good routine that worked for me. And during that time in 2020, I felt so grounded. I felt so stable. And things started to change for me because of that. Like, oh my gosh, the amount of things that have changed in my life since 2020 is actually kind of wild. 
but I really, really think that it was because I had that routine. I had that grounding. And through traveling so much, which is amazing in itself, I think I learned so much from traveling. I got to see so many cool places, to see so many new friends, to meet people, to try new foods, to practice spontaneity in my life, to practice being free. But when I came back to New York in September, I made a commitment to myself. I said, I am not going to leave New York for three months until Thanksgiving. And I just want to try this out. I want to cultivate some stability here. And that was so powerful. Like I started feeling so much more creative. I felt so much more calm. I felt so much more connected to myself. I was able to find connection to movement again and to certain rhythms in my life that really nourished me. And I found that that was through having this routine. So cultivating stability for yourself doesn't necessarily only have to come from being able to provide for yourself financially. It can come from having a really solid routine or just a few habits that you do every day that help you feel grounded, help you feel safe and stable. So that's something that's really powerful is cultivating some grounding for yourself. So that might be through meditation. That might be through movement. That might be through a consistent sleep routine. That might be through journaling. That might be through drinking enough water or nourishing yourself with, you know, proper meals. You pick what makes you feel grounded but committing to one to two or even three daily habits and having some sort of consistency is really powerful and I found that when I started cultivating this stability through my routine I felt less worried about my financial stability that kind of came along with it and so right there for you if you feel a little bit ungrounded if you feel a little bit scattered try to find a new habit to commit to and practice consistency and self-discipline with it. Number seven, when you create stability for yourself, you feel less worried about money things. Okay, we just covered that one, right? So when you create this stability, when you create this grounding, the financial stability kind of comes along with it or your worries about it will feel a little bit diminished energetically and then you'll be able to take a more objective perspective. You know, you'll be able to take a look at your financials, take a look at your bank statements and get real with yourself and you'll find a way. I think that's as simple as that is and... We kind of already covered that in point six. So let's go on to point number eight. The eighth thing I learned is your worth is not conditional on your weight. So 2022, <laughs> 2022 for me was a year where I did a lot of body image healing. It was a year where I let go of a lot of labels around food, around food restrictions, around like pretty much everything. I kind of decided I wanted to live more label free. And also because I was traveling, like I wasn't eating a lot of home-cooked food. I wasn't working out very frequently. So my weight changed and I experienced some weight changes overall throughout the year, like ups and downs. And I also experienced some triggers around the springtime from certain people I met who carried certain beliefs around weight that were really unhelpful, that were really toxic, low-key. And it triggered me a lot. It made me doubt my worth for a while, you know, and thinking that because my weight had changed, I was less worthy as a person. And I think that because I experienced those triggers, it really culminated into this learning lesson that my worth is actually not conditional on my weight. My worth is conditional on my essence, right, in who I am and also in my consistency, in my self-discipline, in my self-love. Like, that's what determines my worth, not how I look like, not the number on the scale, and that was a big lesson for me. I think I've been doing so much body image healing for the last like three to four years. But this year, 
I think was the year where I almost had this like second puberty, like my hips grew. And I think it's really tied back to me going off of birth control almost two years ago. My body started to change a little bit. I gained a little bit more of a hip, my boobs grew a little bit, and my body started to become more feminine, more womanly. And learning to love my body, you know, learning to love my curves, learning to love and embrace my height and the fact that I'm petite and kind of, you know, learning to love myself and my wholeness, no matter what my weight is, no matter what the number on the scale is, has been really powerful. And ultimately realizing that your worth is not conditional on anything, really, not on your weight, not on the number on the scale, not on the way your skin looks. Your worth is more so tied to your soul and every single person is worthy. You're worthy and complete and whole. It doesn't matter what you look like, how much money you make, like you're worthy of experiences, you're worthy of love, you're worthy of abundance, you're worthy of expansion, you're worthy of fulfillment and that's just a fact. (laughs) Number nine, have Tinkerbell unwavering belief. This one is powerful. And I talked about it on my TikTok, I think it was like a month or two ago. But essentially, when you don't believe in yourself, like let's say you want to manifest something. Let's say you want to manifest working for yourself. I'll use that as an example. Or manifesting like your dream apartment. If you don't believe that that dream apartment actually exists, or if you don't believe that it's possible that you would find an apartment with everything you want, with the perfect price range, if you don't think that really, if like lingering in your mind, the back of your mind, you might say, even if you verbally say, I like I'm trying to manifest my dream apartment, or I really want to live in this kind of apartment. If deep down you have these doubts, if you don't have Tinkerbell belief, if you have a lot of doubt, if you have a lot of fear, if you say, oh, I don't think this is possible, I don't think this exists, you're getting in the way of your manifestations. And so having this Tinkerbell unwavering belief is really key. It's really important to truly believe in the things you say and to the things you want to manifest. Truly believe you're worthy of them. Truly believe they exist, they're out there, and that they're destined for you. Like, you have to believe. You have to be a little bit delusional, as, you know, a bunch of people on TikTok say. Like, you have to be delusional. You have to have this belief. Even if other people say things to you that, you know, make you feel diminished, make you feel like your manifestations are impossible, that's their limiting beliefs. That's their fear. You don't have to absorb that. You can still be delusional. And so choosing to do that, choosing to really tap into belief is so important. And it's really, really essential if you want to truly manifest anything in your life. Number 10, priorities shift. Sometimes personal life will be on the forefront and other times career will. So basically what this one is saying is that life happens in waves and there is going to be some moments in your life where your personal life is going to be the priority. For example, when I go home for Thanksgiving or when I come to Brazil for Christmas, I don't want career to be my number one focus necessarily, right? I'll still always care about my career. I'll still always share content. I'll still always answer your DMs. I will always love what I do and I'll still energetically pour into it but the ultimate focus during that moment of your life might be your personal life and that's okay and it's actually really important to understand that priorities shift and honor that 
because if you don't you're always gonna be fighting with yourself like for example I come back to Brazil for Christmas and I want to be able to be really present with family I want to be able to enjoy I want to be able to travel and be kind of carefree but I didn't plan in advance or I'm putting all this pressure on myself to figure out my career then that's not going hand in hand with what I actually want to focus on and so honoring that is really really powerful And I think this lesson came for me during the summer because when I was here in Brazil, I had this desire to be really present, to embrace the whole experience. But I was working on the cycle syncing course during the time that I was here. I was building it. I was recording the content, was filming it, was editing it, was planning the launch. So, so much of my energy was elsewhere. You know, so much of my thoughts were elsewhere and I wasn't able to be fully present or to fully enjoy and savor the moment. And that's what eventually led me to prepare in advance for this Christmas and end of year holiday trip because I didn't want to feel that way. I wanted to feel fully present. And that's because I wanted my personal life to be a little bit more of the focus. So giving yourself grace and understanding that that's the case and that's a part of life and that's totally okay. Number 11, real and vulnerable conversations can be super hard and that's okay, but they're always worth having. A lot of the times we hold on to so much resentment towards people around us. And a lot of the times they're people we really love, like our parents, like our siblings, like our friends, like our best friends. And while conversations can be really hard, learning to have communication skills, learning to be an active listener, and learning to accurately communicate what you feel is really, really powerful. So... I remember earlier this year, there was a moment where one of my best friends and I had a misunderstanding. We thought we were going to hang out. We like made loose plans to hang out on the weekend, but then uh, we never actually set a time or a plan and I didn't communicate that either. She didn't. And I am the type of person like mentally, if I commit to something, I will like automatically have that time locked off and I won't overschedule it or I'll at least try not to. But we hadn't made a solid plan. So even though we hadn't made a solid plan, I still had all these like assumptions of what we were going to do. And so I ended up like texting her. I don't remember, I don't remember if it was during Mercury retrograde, but I ended up texting her and voice noting her and she didn't see my text because her phone was out like low in battery and she was like with a friend that was visiting. And then I got really upset because I felt like I wasn't being prioritized as a friend. And I voiced that to her and I voiced that in a moment where I probably shouldn't have because I was a little bit upset. I was hurt. And so eventually, a few weeks later, I think it was, you know, at first we had a conversation, kind of like talked about it immediately. And then a few weeks later, we had another follow up conversation where we kind of talked about like how we see friendship differently. And we had this clearing conversation that was really powerful. And it was really hard to have that conversation because we both had to be brutally honest with each other as well as compassionate and we really worked on seeing each other's side and understanding each other. But it was still a hard conversation. However, our friendship is so much stronger because of it, because we were so honest with each other. And there's been other situations throughout the year where that has had to happen, whether it was with my boss at work, whether it was with my mom, whether it was with Pedro. Like, it's happened in so many different ways. And so I really think that these conversations, while difficult, are really impactful and can help you grow as a person, become more self-aware, become more compassionate, and also find more, like, freedom 
and let go of resentment, let go of these uncomfortable emotions that you would otherwise hold in. Number 12, sometimes you have to lose yourself to find yourself. And that kind of goes hand in hand with this idea of growth, right? I see growth as this wave, this up and down that is always kind of going in this upwards direction. So imagine like a a line, like a graph, right? A line is going from the like beginning of the graph and it's going upwards, not exponentially, but it's just going upwards. But then you make that line a wave, right? We're always growing. We're always going upwards. We're always improving. We're always learning. But there's going to be moments where you might disconnect from that lesson or you might repeat like not a mistake, but like you might repeat an old pattern so that you come back to that lesson and you have to relearn that lesson. And that doesn't mean that you failed. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That doesn't mean that you are incapable of growth. That means that you are growing because repeating those patterns is just bringing you back to the lessons so that they can become more and more strong inside of you, inside of your mind, inside of your mindset. And over time, you can choose to rewire your beliefs to see growth in this way, right? Growth doesn't equal perfection. Growth actually just means learning from your past and learning from your mistakes, learning from your actions and becoming better over time. And so remembering that sometimes you might lose yourself. You might lose contact with certain habits, routines, with certain lessons you learn from books and podcasts. You might forget certain things, but that is only a new opportunity for you to find yourself again. And every single time you come back to yourself, you come back as a better version of yourself. Number 13 is your slay era comes after your flop era. (laughs) Or you have to have a flop era to have a slay era. Ties very, very closely to point number 12, which is, right, a lot of the times we'll have these moments where we're not feeling our best, where we're not feeling confident, where maybe things aren't going our way, things aren't flowing, or we're kind of in this lack mindset and seeing ourselves as a victim of our life and our situations and then over time you kind of start working through it and you start shifting from a lower vibration to a higher vibration and then you achieve your slate era and then maybe you'll end up having another flop era in another moment but you're not meant to be at your peak all the time right there's been moments of my life where or even of this year where I felt like I was at my best. I was feeling so confident, so energized, putting out so much content, so creative, feeling like everything was flowing. And then there's been other moments this year where I felt really shitty, where the month wasn't going so well, where I felt really low or not so confident, or even felt like the content I was putting out wasn't that impactful. And that just happens, right? And then eventually you realize that and you start making shifts again and you achieve a slay era once again. So just embrace it and embrace the flop era because usually the other side of it is a slay. (laughs) Number 14 is your health is something you should always practice gratitude for. And this was a recent lesson for me. When I got really sick and I was in bed for like a week and a half and I couldn't move I couldn't work out I could barely like get up from bed I had no energy I was coughing I had the fever fatigue like the thought of moving my body was like there's no way I can do that and 
I think our health is something that, you know, when you wake up and you feel energized and you just go about your day and you live your life, you go to the gym, you eat food, whatever, you work, you forget that your body's doing so much for you. Like your body is just helping you live your life. And therefore, our health should be something we practice gratitude for daily, right? Health will always be more important than looking a certain way, than having flat abs and having a perfect body, than all these other non-significant things. Like your health is essential. And for a lot of us who have the healthy body, we take it for granted. We forget it. And so remembering that your health is something you should always practice gratitude for is really powerful because that will help you always find at least one thing to be grateful for. You can always be grateful for waking up and being able to get up from bed and do things, like do normal things and just never taking that for granted. Number 15. Your parents are human and have come from their own experiences with trauma and learning, and so we should give them compassion. I have done a lot of inner child healing, reparenting work, all of that, like ever since 2020, ever since my spiritual awakening, through therapy, all this stuff. But for a really, really long time, as I started doing my inner child healing, I noticed that I started resenting my parents for certain things. How could they not show up for me this way? Why did they do X, Y, Z? I didn't see their humanness. I was being a perfectionist. I wanted them to be perfect. And because they were imperfect, because they were human, I started resenting them. And then I read this book when I was in Tulum in April. It's a really good book. It's called How to Do the Work by the holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole Pera. And one of the core themes in this book is reparenting, right? Is doing this inner child healing work. And she put it through this lens of your parents did the best they could with the information they had, with the background they come from, with the experiences that they've had, with the hardships they've experienced. They showed up with their own trauma and they showed up with their own like learnings at the time. So they were doing their best. Maybe their best wasn't great. Maybe their best traumatized you. Maybe their best hurt you. Maybe their best wasn't the best, but it was still their best. And our parents are human just like us. And I think the more I go into my adulthood, the more I realize this and the more I'm able to see that, the more I'm able to understand my parents and where they've come from and to see them with more compassion and to have more kindness towards them when they don't show up perfectly, when they say certain things that to me seem a little insensitive. Just learning to see them as human and understanding that they're here in their own human experience their souls chose this body and this life for a reason and they're here to learn their own lessons while you might be here to learn different lessons. But either way, you're still connected, right? A lot of the times we carry so much from our childhoods into our adulthoods, right? Our wounds, our love languages, all these different things. And when you are able to find this compassion for your parents, a lot of healing can come from that. And I think that was a really, really big thing for me and it greatly improved my relationship with my parents as well number 16 is forgiving others sets you free and I think I've made an episode about this pretty early on in the podcast I think it was like why you should forgive yourself and others when we don't forgive people that hurt us when we don't forgive the people who we otherwise wouldn't love 
right? Whether it's a friend, whether it's a parent, whether it's just someone from work. If we don't forgive people and we hold on to grudges and we let this these negative emotions pile up inside of us, we create dis-ease in our bodies. We create a lack of ease. And I think a lot of the times not forgiving others can come from perfectionism, especially other-directed perfectionism where we want other people to be perfect and we want other people to read our minds and we want other people to know everything we need and everything we want and when they don't match the standard that we have for them in our brains, right? Or when they just flat out do something that is hurtful. When we don't forgive them, we're looking at them through this perfectionist lens and we're looking at all the ways they were imperfect, all the ways they hurt us and we put ourselves in a victim mindset and we say, well, they did that and therefore I am warranted to feel this way. Yes, maybe that's the case, but if you live your life this way and if you let this persist, you're actually holding on to so much angst, so much like closed heart energy with you and over time right you start building these boundaries and for so long like I mean I've done this with in certain situations I feel like I'm a pretty forgiving person usually like I forgive and I forget and I let it go but there's other people who might not be that way who might hold a lot of grudges and I feel like there are certain little things that for me were really hard to forgive or really hard to let go and once I've practiced letting go of them and truly forgiving and like my heart stay open I've been able to find more freedom and more peace and it's something I'm constantly learning more and more and more and it's something I think all of us need to remember that while forgiving others might not be our number one choice right a lot of the times we are especially our egos want to put ourselves in this victim perspective wants to feel like other people are to blame for things and therefore you're not able to look at yourself as deeply but when you're able to forgive you're able to open your heart and when you have an open heart so much is better in your life and keeping my heart open has been something I've really worked on and I think learning to forgive has been really big on that especially myself forgiving myself for my imperfections forgiving myself for little mishaps forgiving myself in general and forgiving those around me so important reminder there number 17 is don't let others cause you to shut your heart closed which again kind of goes off of point 16 when we close our hearts we get in our own way and I've experienced moments where I physically felt my heart close like I felt a pain in my heart and it sucks like it's a really really hard feeling to experience and it usually comes when someone says something really hurtful to you or when you like listen to something said to you that someone said with the intention of hurting you right and you know that they did it can feel this like this closing but why give your power away why let someone else's words and hurt and hardness cause you to harden cause you to close yourself energetically why give away your power right our power comes so often from being open from allowing from surrendering from staying open to what's possible and staying open to goodness and closing your heart is pretty much the opposite of that so don't give your power away 
Number 18 is be mindful of how much you share yourself with others, especially if you're pouring from an empty cup. For a lot of us who are spiritual or empaths or highly sensitive people, it's really easy to give, 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 you know? And that can be in a physical sense, like let's say you're always worried about your friends and you're always checking in on them, or you're like this friend therapist, or do you overcommit at work and automatically when someone makes an ask, you say yes. Even if you don't have the time, even if you don't have the bandwidth, even if you don't know how to do it, you say yes, 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 and you spread yourself thin. And this kind of ties back to the essentialism lesson, which was number one lesson I started with. When you give yourself too, too much, you start pouring from an empty cup. And I went to a women's circle this past, I think it was this past month. I think it was in early December. And essentially, it was this really beautiful circle of women where we like all like meditated together and we each picked an oracle card and journaled. And at the end, we shared what came through. And one of the ladies said this. She was like, be mindful of how much you give yourself of yourself to others. And one affirmation that I really, really like, I heard it recently and I can't remember where it was from, but the affirmation was, I love pouring into myself so I can give from my overflow. And I've gotten a lot of messages this year about being mindful of how much I give to others. And it's something I've reflected a lot on, something I've like started to keep in mind because I can definitely do that. And this can also come about if you're like on your phone all the time if you're giving away your energy to just consuming a lot of content 24 7 like unconsciously that's also spreading your energy out of you it's spreading your energy thin you're giving too much of yourself so finding these moments whether it's through a really mindful shower or a night routine where you make yourself tea and you journal and you read a book or something or through a daily meditation or through movement like finding ways to pour into yourself where you're away from your phone, where you're not focused on giving to other people will help you give from your overflow when you do give to others. So I think that's something that all of us should focus on more. I always say we need more selfish people in the world in the sense of we need more people who care about themselves, who put themselves first, who pour into themselves so that they can show up as their highest selves and therefore expand the world, expand the consciousness of others, expand good energy. But you need to pour into yourself first to be able to do that. Number 19 is the secret to success is enthusiasm. This is actually a quote that I have on this vision board that I have in my room in Florida. I made this vision board of sorts during the pandemic, during the lockdown in 2020. And it was like a this is me collage. So I went on Pinterest. I went on my camera roll. I downloaded a bunch of photos and quotes that I felt symbolized who I am. So there's like my big three. There's all the places I've lived. There's like my education, things I've learned, like healthy foods. There's like photography and art, all these different things like the beach, all the things that I feel make me who I am. And I have this quote on there that says the secret to success is enthusiasm. And kind of recently I took a look at it and I focused in on this quote. And I think it's really interesting that I picked this quote when I was making this vision board because I think it's a really impactful one. The secret to success isn't overthinking, isn't control, isn't being anxious and, you know, just focusing on the nitty gritty. It's being excited about what you're doing. When you love something and you do it from your heart and you do it because you genuinely enjoy it, 
you show up with this high vibration. You show up with enthusiasm and therefore you do better at it. You perform better, you achieve better things, you achieve bigger things, you reach more people and more people feel that energy. Like people feel the energy of what you put out into the world. So if you're doing something half-assed or if you're doing something that you are not passionate about just for the sake of doing it or because you have another motive behind it, people feel that. People pick up on that energy. And so being enthusiastic and allowing yourself to be enthusiastic is really powerful to help you be more successful. And so be mindful and think about what are things you're doing just because you have to do them or because you feel like it's going to give you something that has worked for someone else or because it's going to give you money or because there's this other ulterior motive behind it that isn't genuine passion or enthusiasm or love for it. What are things like that that you're ready to let go of? What are things like that that you could release to create space for things you're enthusiastic about? Reflect on that and see what comes up. Number 20 is rest is really, really important. Something that I have learned consistently throughout my journey is rest, is feminine energy. I tend to run with a lot of masculine energy. And that's because I have like a lot of fire in my chart. I have my Aries rising, Aries Mercury, Aries Jupiter. I have my like Scorpio Mars. I like just am the type of woman who likes doing stuff. Like I have been this like perfectionistic overachiever persona for so much of my life. And that's made it really hard for me to be able to rest. To just like do nothing. And what's happened this year is that that happened a few times. And then I got sick. And it's also come up during my acupuncture sessions where I show up and they say you have excess heat, aka I have too much yang energy, too much quote unquote masculine polarity energy, which has nothing to do with gender. It just has to do with this like outward external focused energy expenditure, right? Doing, achieving on the go, like just being really dynamic. And so I've had to learn that resting is actually really important. And if you don't prioritize that, especially like through sleep through relaxation practices, whether it's an Epsom salt bath or just putting your phone away a bit or letting yourself watch a movie or a TV show, like whatever that looks like for you, prioritize rest because over time, if you don't do that, that's what leads to burnout. Number 21 is thoughts are what trigger emotions to be felt over and over and over. So you have to actually address the thoughts that are underlying the emotions to be able to stop the overfeeling of certain emotions right and to get to the root of why you're feeling certain things and i learned this through my meditation training that i did this year and i thought it was a really big learning because a lot of the times we hear people say technically if you only feel a feeling it'll only last like 90 seconds like three minutes or whatever but that's not really true like i bet you've experienced things in your life where you're feeling a certain emotion, like let's say you're feeling really angry or you're feeling really stressed out, really anxious, you're going to keep feeling that for longer most times. Like most times it's not like, oh yeah, I felt anxious for like three minutes and then it passed. Like, no, maybe you're going to feel anxious for like a week or you're going to feel anxious for like a whole day. But the reason you're feeling anxious for a whole day or a whole week is because you're thinking certain thoughts over and over and over, especially anxiety. Anxiety comes a lot from overthinking about potential scenarios in the future. Things that might happen, but also might not. A lot of the times when we are stressed out, it's because we have 
these fears that things are going to play out in a certain way. And a lot of the times, the fact of it playing out or not is out of our control. And then we start worrying about like the worst case scenario, or we think of the worst of the people involved, and we worry and worry and worry. And many times, that doesn't even happen. And we stress ourselves out for no reason. But the reason is because we're having these thoughts. Oh, what if this happens? What if that person like does X, Y, and Z? And then what if this doesn't work out? What if I don't get the raise? What if la 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 la? Like it, it's just a thought. And that thought is triggering the emotion. And then because you're thinking those thoughts over and over and over, we end up feeling that emotion over and over and over. And I believe there's a, a few studies that have been done or like I've heard this recently where it's a lot of the times we have the same thoughts multiple times a day for many days in a row or like a lot of the thoughts we have every day are the same. And that's why we feel the same things every day. And so being mindful of your thoughts, being the listener of your thoughts, being the observer of your thoughts and realizing you are not your thoughts helps you separate from them, helps you be aware of them, helps you get to this root cause of certain emotions. And then you're able to really get down to it, especially anxiety and stress feelings and the triggers for them, the thoughts that are triggering that anxiety and that stress. You're able to say, okay, what about these thoughts is actually true? What about this? these thoughts has actually happened? And what about these thoughts is just a potential occurrence that I don't even know is going to happen for sure. And most times you're going to realize that a lot of those thoughts, a lot of those worries aren't even happening actually. Maybe they're just potentials. Maybe they might happen, but maybe they won't happen. And so the more you think about them, especially these things you can't control, the more you cause yourself to suffer. And so getting to these root causes is really powerful. And now for the last one, it's one of the biggest ones for me, one of the biggest lessons I learned this year. Number 22 is consistency matters more than motivation a lot of the times when i do q a's on my instagram people ask how are you motivated all the time or how do you find motivation to keep up with your habits and i always say i don't think motivation is really a thing consistency and self-discipline matter way more and when you want to start a new habit at first it's gonna be really hard And you're probably not going to feel motivated to do it at all because it's not your usual. It's not what you're currently doing. However, if you start showing up for it consistently, no matter what, especially in the beginning and you get through this hump of discomfort, you're going to get into a flow state. You're going to find it easier to show up for those things over time. And if you create systems and if you focus on sustainable changes, sustainable habits, aka things that can be sustained over time, things that can be done every day that are not extreme, right? Extremes are really hard to maintain. So when you're able to focus on sustainable habits and when you're able to show up for them every day with discipline, with consistency, you're going to achieve the result you're looking for. You're going to be able to show up as the person you want to be. But if you rely on motivation, it's way less likely that you'll get there. Showing up as your higher self most times doesn't come from waking up every day feeling 100% motivated and being like, yes, I'm so excited. I'm so motivated to do X, Y, Z. Some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel motivated. 
But if you say, I'm choosing to commit to myself, this is important, it's a habit I value, I want to be the type of person that does X, Y, Z, and therefore I'm showing up for it no matter what, then you become your higher self. You show up as that person who you want to be. You become that person. And so showing up consistently has been really big for me, especially with all this travel, with being away from home a lot, and then coming back to New York and finding consistency with certain little habits. Like for me, it's been movement. Just like practicing consistent movement every weekday has changed my life. It has made me feel so much better, has made me feel much stronger. I've started to lift more weights and lifting weights has started making me feel so much more powerful. It's given me so much confidence in myself because I feel strong as a woman. I feel, I feel strong in my body. And to be able to lift 20 pound weights, you have to start with five. And you have to show up for the gym. You have to go and you have to lift those five pound weights. And then eventually you move up to seven and a half. Then eventually you move up to 10, then 12 and a half, then 15, then 20. You have to consistently show up for it. And you have to be consistent with one baseline to get to the next one. You can't just show up at the gym and say, I'm going to lift 20 pound weights today and then do that two days in a row and burn yourself out and do something that's super extreme. And then you're going to say, F this. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you give it up. So that's why sustainability is so important when it comes to your habits. And that's why consistency trumps motivation every single time. So those were the 22 things I've learned. I loved making this list because I feel like doing this is really impactful for me and I'm excited to eventually look back on this episode and listen to it again and remind myself of all of these things. So I would really love if you shared this episode on your stories, if you enjoyed it. And in the top of the like icon of the podcast, if you put one of the lessons that you learned, like something you took away from this episode, I would love to see that and make sure to tag at innergrowth.co and at the caroline lifestyle so it shows up for me so i can actually see the shares otherwise i wouldn't know that you shared the episode so yeah i hope you guys have an amazing end of year i hope you take some time to reflect on the year and all the things that were great about it all the things you learned and maybe think about a word or phrase for next year and also i believe you guys have noticed but in case you haven't I've been doing two episodes a week for December, so guests on Mondays and solos on Thursdays, and this was almost like a December, like, vlogmas of sorts, but starting next week, starting on the first week of January, we're going to be going back to one episode a week, so we're going to be having guest episodes on one week and then solo episodes on the other week. They're going to be alternating, and the episodes will be released on Thursdays, so I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day or night whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for being part of the Inner Growth fam. And if you want to connect with other listeners of the podcast and other members of my community, other people who resonate with what I'm about, with holistic health, you can join our free Geneva group chat, which is always linked in the description of every episode. And thank you guys so much. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who listens, who shares your thoughts with me, like who DM me and like share something about the podcast that has helped you or just really listening to you guys and getting to have a conversation. And for all of those of you also on the Geneva chat, it's just so cool building this community and connecting with other really powerful and amazing women. So thank you all. I am so excited for 2023. I know it's going to be a great year. 
and I'm excited to continue expanding, to continue showing up consistently for this podcast, for this community, for the Carolina lifestyle, for everything that I already do. So cheers to that. Here's to an amazing new year filled with abundance, filled with light, filled with expansion. And thank you again. I will talk to you so soon. And until then, I hope you take some time to pour into yourself, to water yourself and sending you a big hug and we'll talk super soon. Bye for now. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.